Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello, hello. Hello, girlies. Girls and gays. And theys. Mm. <laughs> I have a, we're flipped this week where I have wine and you have coffee. The energy's seesawed. Far more depressing this way. <laughs> Back in the other direction. I know. I miss having <laughs> alcohol. I know. This really feels like it's gone on forever, this situation but next week we're back together it's very soon oh yeah very exciting yeah yesterday grace texted me and was like how do we do the episode this week and i was like you know this time zone better than me you figure it out and you were like where the fuck are you I was like, which London. time zone which country <laughs> no yeah i landed back yesterday so feeling a little bit jet lagged now because my flight was absolutely fucked i actually don't know how this hasn't happened before but i was in the middle seat and i was like obviously there are people in middle seats every flight but I'm never one of them. It's never been me. Yeah, I can't think of one time it's ever happened. Yeah, and I was also like, how did this happen? And it's because I just didn't check in and didn't pick my seats ages ago, but I never, ever do that. I'm always so slack with flying. Like, I just don't even know where my passport is half the time. And so I was middle seat and then was trying to do anything I could to get anywhere else. And I was like, I'll just pay whatever it takes because it was a 10-hour flight through the night and I just knew I wouldn't sleep. And they wouldn't let me because they said that the plane had been, they said the plane had been changed. So they were having to downgrade people. And I was like, Mm. no. And then this woman in a similar situation to me just rioted and got moved to business. I once had an aisle seat. The only time I've I've just realized I sat middle was when a woman rioted when we got on the plane and I was in the aisle seat. And she said, I can't sit in the middle seat. I have a bladder condition and I need to pee all the time. And they're like, you should have said that before we're on the plane now. And then she just kept yelling and screaming and the plane wasn't taking off. So I was like, fine, I'll go in the middle. And then she just goes, really? Thank you. Like a baby. (laughs) I was like, fuck off. She was like six years old. She was hideous. I know. Everyone's full of shit. My boyfriend said that he was claustrophobic on his flight and they were just like, shut up. And like, <laughs> made him stay in the middle. 
<laughs> you should have said that. Yeah, she rioted and got moved to fucking business. And I was like, no, why am I so people pleasing? But I did buy a very, very expensive, but worth every penny sleep pillow, neck pillow. Mm -hmm. And I can't believe I've never traveled with one before. They're embarrassing, but effective. I know. I I have one at home and I'm like, I'm not taking you to the airport, you embarrassing (laughs) piece of shit. And now I'm just like, oh my God, it's worth every penny. (laughs) So yeah, flew back yesterday. Didn't watch anything. There was no good movies on the plane at all. Um, so I just read my cute little book until they dimmed the lights on me. Very nice. Yeah, when I flew to from Perth to Sydney, it's like five hours. There was nothing on the plane and I hadn't been prepared for that. And I was just like, what am I going to do? Just stare at this seat for five hours. <laughs> and I had a book and I was like, I'm just going to stare at the seat. And my body just wouldn't go to sleep. And I had nothing to do. I started deleting the like desktop and downloads on my laptop. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. I do that. I go through all my photos. There was also a so I was in the middle and the two people on either side of me both refused both meals and didn't eat any of their own food. And I was like, this is crazy. How long? <laughs> the 10 and a half hours. That's crazy. I'm like an animal on the flights. I eat everything they put in front of me. <laughs> Same. I eat before I get on and I'm always like, okay, you've had a healthy meal. Now just don't have that disgusting fucking stale bread roll with the butter. And then it gets to like <laughs> the flight comes on the flight and the bread roll's just like staring at me from my stupid tray table. And I'm like, you know, it's disgusting. Don't eat it. You know, it's foul. And then I like shove the whole thing in my mouth. Granted, this United Airlines bread roll was very delicious. I always manage to, like, avoid that disgusting fucking croissant, you know, when you're, like, about to land and they hand out this croissant that's been sitting on the plane for, like, three years. But, yeah, they didn't eat anything and they didn't eat their own food. And I was going to question the boy beside me because I was very curious, but I just left it Yeah, how did you pull it off? I would lose the will to live. I know. Yeah, but I can't bring snacks on the plane either because when I bring snacks – I'm always like, okay, just bring these healthy or whatever, just snacks that aren't this disgusting plain food and then just say no to the plain food. But what ends up happening is I eat. I bought a whole prep huge baguette. I ate before I went on the plane and then bought an entire prep baguette, mango and chippies <laughs> and ate all nice. of that plus the plain food. So I was like, you can't do this again, Isabel. That's so special. I love the prep like smorgasbord. It's like a degustation. I'm like, yeah, the sandwich, Diet Coke, Mango and chips. And those little, what are they? Rice, Rice cakes. cakes with the chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how is London? How's being back in London? I like forget that I live there. It's been so long. I know. When we were landing, the pilot was like, you know how they say the weather? They were like, weather going into London is grey and rainy. And I was like, fucking course. It's literally hole. the first day of summer. Yeah. No, I mean, it's fine. It hasn't even been 24 hours yet. It's very good to see the cat. We've been snuggling a lot. But, yeah, it's Mm. funny being in L.A. because you realize how much, which we've talked about a bazillion times, the sun really does make you a happy girl. And not having to take vitamin D supplements and have an LED light, which I'm currently propping you up on, blasting (laughs) fake light into my face every day. Yeah. Yeah. Are you feeling like festive for the queen? Isn't it like the big queen party this weekend? I don't know anything about that. But there's a day, there's days off, that's for sure. The queen. Relic sold a really cool queen dress, did you see? Yeah. 
This is just a personal <laughs> tidbit. <laughs> Our favourite vintage store. So something I wish now that I'd recommended to you before you flew, but I didn't know you were flying, is a fabulous new podcast series, which I know you're going to be very, very obsessed with. It's called Heidi World, and it's by Molly Lambert, who's a she's a journalist. She's similar to us, but like in America, so more successful. <laughs> but she does like interviews and stuff for Bazaar and Ellen places like that in style. And she's written this and produced this nine part, I think, series about Heidi Fleiss, who I don't know if you recognize that name, but she was really famous in the 90s because she was outed as um, the Hollywood madam. And she was 28 years old and she was running like the biggest sex, like sex workers ring in Hollywood and providing these girls to all the biggest producers, actors, politicians, everyone. And the police basically were on to her because she took over from an old madam who used to kind of give the police commissioner and the high up police detectives girls for free and she refused to do it so then they like went after her and busted her and put her on trial and they basically just tried to get her to reveal her little black book of clients otherwise like or she would in a trade-off for not going to jail and she just stuck by it and went to prison instead because she just defended all of the people she worked with and she's this like iconic 90s noughties legend who was then on reality tv stuff and has now never really worked again because she hasn't been able to get a job but she just could sell a book and tell tell all of all of the people that she worked with and she won't do it because she's so noble wow okay that sounds very interesting would you give up your little black book to avoid jail yeah yes yes (laughs) yes yeah i would do it to be like messy you know because she suggests there were, like, Oscar-winning actors that had supermodel wives that would, like, hire sex workers from her. And I think they were – she was – I think she was famous for, like – so the money she made was fucking insane. She was based in L.A. She grew up in L.A. She was quite a famous doctor's daughter. And she was very, very smart. And everyone was like, whatever she does, she'll do really well. And she kind of fell in with a shitty boyfriend who introduced her to sex work. And then she said, well, if I'm going to be in it, I'm going to run the whole thing. And this is in 1997, maybe, or six. She was making 300,000 US dollars a week. Oh, my God. Like a full. That's like a million dollars now. An early girl boss. Yeah, and she would have these raucous parties at her house in the Hollywood Hills. Like, she threw a birthday party for Mick Jagger, and then when it came out what she was doing, all these celebrities pretended they'd never been there and never met her. (laughs) And and she has said, like, she had politicians, prime ministers, leaders of countries would, like, only want her girls, and she would get the best girls, like, really beautiful, sophisticated, smart women, and they would get paid, like, $5,000 $5,000 for a 20-minute blowjob in the 90s and she'd oh take 40%. God. So they'd still get like two and a half, three grand. Men are crazy. <laughs> I know. So, so insane. That sounds incredible. Yeah, you'll love it. Okay. And they have all these like 
voice actors doing the voices of everyone, but in a like in an Anna Delvey way, but self-aware and better. You really like it. Love. That sounds incredible. The only Rick I have, which is so <laughs> random, is that I went and saw the new Top Gun at the movies. I love that. How I haven't it? even seen the original Top Gun. <laughs> I I saw it so long ago I can't even really remember the story. So I wanna go I wanna watch the original now. But it's little short king, Scientology <laughs> king, Tom Cruise. And yeah, essentially I wish I'd watched the original first, but it doesn't really matter. You don't have to. But I went and saw it at a cinema in LA, which is just the best place ever, or just America, to see a movie like that. Yes. A very American cinematic movie because they were all cheering and clapping. Oh my God. They're so jade. All the Americans, they were just like, woo, and clapping and cheering and crying. And I was like, shut the fuck up. And then I was like, this is why I, this is, these are the times when I hate America. And then, yeah, it was really good. It was just funny because it reminded me, I just don't watch films like that very often, but it just reminded me of Pearl Harbor and the way that it was just so cheesy in so many parts. Yes. Jennifer Connelly is in it, who is so ridiculously gorgeous. I was like, what have I seen her in? And I know she's in a lot, but I was like. She was in a lot of um, like 90s stuff. And then she married Paul Bettany, who is now a villain, obviously, because of his disgraceful Johnny Depp texts. And then she dropped off for ages. So I was surprised she was in this because I haven't seen her in something in ages. But she looks amazing. She's like 51 and she looks 30. Yeah. So she was in the original Top Gun. So she was the love interest in that. So she Mm -hmm. came back for this. And then they had this young cast. Basically, my friend who I saw it with was like, oh, I thought for this Top Gun they would kind of make way for the younger cast and Tom Cruise wouldn't play such a big role, but instead it was like the Tom Cruise show still. (laughs) Um, But Miles Teller was in it. Jay Ellis, who's um, the lead in Insecure, my favorite show, was in it. Oh, hottie, yeah. Yeah, and some other guys. But it was really funny because I saw her on TikTok – this person being like Top Gun is made for the girlies because why else the girls and the gays because why else would there be a trailer of just a montage of all of the hot lads with their shirts off playing volleyball I was like it's very true it's a movie made for the girlies seriously I think that Clementine Ford did one of those like deep dive things on her Instagram where she talked about how Top Gun was a kind of gay a coded gay love story at a time where you couldn't do love stories. And I think, like, everyone thinks that probably except Ah. Tom Cruise. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I just got a flashback of Tom Cruise jumping on Oprah's couch. (laughs) Everything about that is, like, I still can't believe it happened, even though it's so stale compared to modern celebrity news. I just think it's a moment that won't be beat, especially because it was about Katie Holmes. It's still so random that they were married. In other celebrity talk show news, Ellen has finally finished. Completely over. Really? I think she should have, like, not done that last little stagger across the finish line. She should have quit while she was ahead. I know. And also I've started watching The Kardashians, but there's not much to say about that, other than that you'd think – after watching everything play out on social media in real time, it would be very stale watching it on the TV, but still interesting. It's really sad watching Chloe talk about how her and Tristan are really good and he's working on himself and going to therapy. And it's like, Jada, he's just gotten another girl knocked up. 
Oh, yeah, shit. I forgot about that. I saw some TikTok. This is where I get everything now. Some TikTok clips of her on the Not Skinny, Not Fat podcast talking about how he's just like ruined her confidence forever. But she just, when she's interviewed, she seems so normal. That makes me just think, why do you, why do you keep taking him back? But I guess that you just have this fantasy of your family being together and you want to believe it. Yeah. And a lot of time does pass between it. We just don't, because we're just not completely following her every move you you kind of forget but like I think nine or ten months went by last time she broke up with him of him groveling and trying to get her back right Mm. I do like her yeah she's really cute she's funny I want her to have a happy ending as well I know oh and Courtney and Travis when you watch them on screen it's really not it's really weird and I know they're really cute but he, and I know he's really nice and sweet, but he, he's so, he gives me the ick in so many ways on the Kardashians. He says, he basically says nothing and then he'll just whisper into her ear and be like, whatever my baby wants. And then keep kissing her. Like he literally doesn't speak other than to like whisper. Men whispering When I saw that on TikTok, I was like, I can't get behind this relationship anymore. She was like, do you want this or this? And he goes, whatever my baby wants. And yeah, That's like all you say, he ever if a, says. If a man said that to me, out the door, baby. No. No, no, no. Yeah. And then they pash in front of his kids as well, his teenage kids all the time. They're just grossly yeah. hooking up. I was like, I would actually flip a table if my <laughs> parents did that in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> My God, I just had a flashback of us speaking on the podcast about when I heard my mum having sex. We did Your talk about that on the podcast. mother, all her secrets being in. <laughs> I threw a cup world. down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> okay, on to Emily Weiss is stepping down as CEO of Glossier. There's like a few Emily Weiss pieces, I would argue hit pieces that came out that we kind of had down to talk about and then never ended up talking about because they didn't feel that interesting. But now they've like accumulated with her leaving. Yeah. So, I mean, what I think about her leaving is that she really did it at the right time, as in she just could see the tide changing, they're losing money, they need a shift up, they need to make investors feel as though there's change going on, unlike we work she's willing yes. to make the change also i can't remember who the heck i was speaking to but i was speaking to someone over the weekend about this and they were just saying that it just makes complete sense because she's stepping down as ceo but she's just going to continue on in another major role that's actually works to her skill set because ceo is just like very admin and very corporate and it's kind of random that these people who create companies like this even are CEO in the first place because it's just nothing to do with anything that they like it's it's just very corporate whereas she's created this beauty company off the back of having like a blog and loving beauty yes that's so true yeah I guess you always just think of CEO as being the figurehead of a thing like the representative of it but really the day-to-day thing must just be so stressful I do feel I feel in two minds about the Emily Weiss thing because She's kind of the last girl boss standing from that kind of era and the way we discussed female women business owners of that era. So there was 
Sophia Amoruso, Nasty Gal, Audrey Gelman, The Wing, Jen Rubio, Away, Tyler Haney, Outdoor Voices, and basically all of them had stepped down by 2020. And she was kind of the last one almost hanging on. And Glossier was kind of rightly called out during Black Lives Matter because there was a lot of retail employees who felt that um, racist treatment from customers hadn't been properly addressed by Glossier because they were so obsessed with the customer is always right. But I do feel like from that moment on, the media just kind of, I don't think they hounded her out of her job. I think that's like putting it too dramatically. But there was just piece after piece after piece about her. And so many of them I was reading kind of thinking, is this actually a story or is this actually relevant or is is she actually doing anything that's really newsworthy, newsworthily different from what other CEOs and other businesses are doing or is, are people just going after her because it's such easy, gossipy, fun thing for people to read, seeing someone like her being targeted? Mm, that's interesting. I can't decide. Yeah, I mean, I haven't read enough about it to know, but it, that's quite an interesting take because it's like it was obviously turning the tide, turning against the girl boss, and she was the last one there in this millennial pink company. So people wanting to tear her down would be interesting. I actually in LA saw because they used to have the small Gossier store on Melrose, and it was the only LA shop. And drove I drove past this huge new store. And I was like, oh, I was, I was just surprised to see it because I thought they were losing money and they were like going to go down the bin. But I think these changes and they're actually now it's one of the ma- major moves that they're doing now is they're going to actually have wholesale partners for the first time ever. So Glossier mm. will be available in Sephora and Ulta and all those other places where beforehand it was only possible to get at Glossier. I think what we talked about before was that at least what got me like excited about Glossier back in the day back in the day was like the retail spaces and like you say going to LA and going into that Melrose place one that had like the Grand Canyon thing and getting a selfie there so jarre I was literally <laughs> fucking thrilled the day I did that I was like two milky jellies please <laughs> yep but the products I don't know I'm not like a huge beauty person but there's no products that I bought from there that I've gone and bought again because I found them so good. So I'm kind of interested in how they'll fare at like a Sephora or an Ulta beauty where you kind of need to be the best thing there for people to buy your thing because there's so many other stuff. Like I wonder what the go will be. Yeah, that's true. Did I tell you that I went into Charlotte Tilbury the other day and spent all my money? I feel like I need to do that. I feel like TikTok is convincing me that I won't be beautiful unless I have that flawless filter foundation. Oh, really? I haven't seen that on TikTok. I actually haven't been on TikTok now in about, I don't even know, at least a month. I feel bad because I was telling all these people, like, you've got to get on TikTok. Everyone's on TikTok. And then I just, yeah, didn't go on it for like six weeks and now go on for five seconds and I'm bored and click out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, yeah, no, I went and got foundation from there and I went straight after a workout and my I was so sweaty, a sweaty girl. And the lovely American woman was like, I'm going to do your entire face for free. I was like, wish this was a Friday night, so nice. baby. 
Yeah, and so she fully like put cleansed my face and then put all this makeup on it. And obviously they do it because then you want to buy whatever made you look that pretty. And it worked a treat. Bought this amazing foundation, bronzer, the Pillow Talk lipstick, which is very popular and which I already owned, what Dua Lipa wears all the time. Mm. I bought the lip gloss version and something else silly, but I can't. Oh, some primer. Fun. Mm. Fun. What's primer for? Does it actually work? Yeah, it kind of just makes your foundation stay on nicely. Preps the skin. I think it I think it does work when you have a good one, though I don't know. But she did give me one tip because I always put hyaluronic acid on before I put on makeup. And hyaluronic acid kind of does this thing where it like when you put you don't notice if you're not putting makeup on, but when you put makeup over top, it can kind of make it not sit into the skin properly. So she said a tip is to mix it with your moisturizer. So there we go. Oh, a tidbit. Yeah, I need to. I was going to ask you what you thought about the Tret, because I feel like the Tret hasn't been doing what it said on the label. Oh, I love it. It's like fully cleared my skin. Has it? Yeah. Massively. But my skin my skin is peeling so much constantly from it. Like it's peeling. Mm-hmm. Like right now I'm just like <laughs> rubbing my nose because skin's coming off. So it's peeling but cleared. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. But, I mean, I have – I can see the results very easily because I have acne, whereas you don't. My friend Tilly, or our friend Tilly, I saw her in Sydney and her skin just looked so luminous and she said it was a tret glow. I was mm. like, where's that? But I also can't remember the last day I didn't drink alcohol in, like, three weeks. So. Yeah. Same. <laughs> There's only so much the tret can do. Yeah. I know I landed back in London last night and I was like, I need a night off. But then I hadn't seen my boyfriend in a month and he goes away tomorrow. So we'd booked this dinner date and I was like, I'm sad about it. And we like forced ourselves out to our favorite little Italian restaurant. And then we saw an AWD listener there who had gone to the Italian restaurant. because, Yeah, because we we mentioned on the pod that it's my favorite restaurant. And she went because of the pod and then saw me there and then said hi. That's really cute. It was really cute. And she said she traveled really far. I was like, God, I hope the pasta was good. Yeah, it's more just the vibe. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the pasta is delicious food. Yeah, it is good, but it's, yeah, it's just the, it's just nice being there. It's a little family run restaurant. Yeah. But yeah, that was cute. It was his first ever AWD listener encounter because there's obviously like fuck all in London compared to Australia and New Zealand. Whereas, Felt like every time I left the house in New Zealand, it was really cute. Yeah, I had a cute one in London where it was, I don't think I've talked about it on the pod before. She was like such a lovely, lovely gal. And I was at Waitrose and she ran over and was like, hi. And she was like, I recognize Zach first. <laughs> so I was like, you must yeah, be in here somewhere. Yeah, that's so cute. <laughs> he was like, yeah, the, was the girl last night was. Section. The girl last night was really, because it was really cute. Her boyfriend was kind of like hanging back and kind of like gave me a smile. And then she was like, um, she was like, okay. And kind of like, <laughs> like looked at Amar and like nodded to him. <laughs> like She didn't really like acknowledge him, but she was kind of like, yes. And then left. It was really cute. 
I know. I was such a tired girly. I was like, what have I been? Because they were sitting right beside us. I was like, what have I been saying this meal? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So, in surprise cameo news of the week, <laughs> Kate Moss made an appearance at the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial over Zoom, where she looked very gorgeous, I might add. I think. Do you think she got her she makeup looked- professionally done before this? I think maybe. I was thinking it when she... I think she got it done to look like she hadn't got it done. Yeah. Because it was, like, low-key, but she looked so good. Because how many people are watching this trial? It's, like, a bazillion million people. You have to look nice, and no one looks nice over Zoom. So you've got to go doubly extra, even if you're Kate Moss. And she just looked. When I saw the YouTube thumbnail, I said, oh, my God. And she looked so amazing, and her outfit was good, and her skin was luminous. And it was very brief, three minutes. But loved it. Yeah, I wonder if she had the beauty filter on because I had that on um, for when I I don't know why, but when I I think it was I don't know why, but I was talking to media when I was talking to medium Fleur, I had the beauty filter on, <laughs> and then when I like, and then when I looked back, <laughs> I think I was really tired or something, or my skin was just really bad and I had no makeup on, and then I looked back and um I looked fucking crazy because I had the I kept the video file. And I was like, oh, my God. So I don't know if Kate Moss had it on or if she had it on just a tiny bit. Yeah, because you can do percentage on it, right? She definitely followed Mm. those, like, Tom Ford tips for looking hot on Zoom. Yeah. It was, like, on an elevated level. Yes. So I – um, when I watched when Amber Heard mentioned Kate Moss's name at the trial and I saw Johnny Depp's lawyer's – high-fiving and celebrating and his stupid little like smirk I want to mm-hmm. <laughs> that man has such a punchable face to me now his little fucking smirk and then um and then I was like why is that but that's because her mentioning Kate Moss just in that offhanded comment at the trial meant that they could bring Kate Moss in to shut down what Amber Heard had said, right? Yes. So Amber Heard had been like very not like strongly briefed as far as I understand to not mention Kate Moss at all. 
because oh, she's obviously so influential and there was those stories of him wrecking hotel rooms when they were together and maybe this idea that like it would be better for Amber Heard's case if Kate Moss didn't come on and talk because she's I think she has still has quite a close like affinity to Johnny Depp and then Amber Heard just offhandedly said when she was talking about how apparently her and her sister were at the top of the stairs and Johnny Depp she said swung it or like moved towards her sister and she said all I could think about was the rumors that he'd pushed Kate Moss down the stairs and that's why I punched him and yeah, then his people his people were, like, high-fiving and cheering quietly. But then I saw footage of her lawyer, like, shaking her head, being like, fuck's sake, because, yeah. It just basically meant, like, another really high-profile person who was able to come in and kind of defend Johnny Depp. And, like, while Kate Moss didn't – she wasn't allowed to talk about him or what she thought of him as a person or their relationship, she just very concisely kind of told this story of how they were together in – I think Jamaica or something and how it had been raining and she stepped outside and slipped down some stairs and hurt her back and Johnny like ran down and scooped her up and like took her back to the room and made sure the nurses came and the hotel staff came and looked after her for days and was just like incredibly attentive and caring and wonderful and lovely and so it's kind of your worst nightmare in that case yes to have, like, someone so beloved come up and support him. Yeah, because it's saying, like, the exact opposite. Basically, Amber Heard was saying, he'd, yeah, he'd pushed Kate Moss down the stairs during their relationship, insinuating he was abusive to Kate Moss as well. And then Kate Moss stands up on the stand looking luminous and says that didn't happen. <laughs> so it's bad. <laughs> but then it's crazy because it's like we get so just – this is what fucks me off so much about this trial is we get so distracted by the fact that Kate Moss is like, no, he never did that to me. That you ignore everything else that happened in that moment, which is Johnny Depp admitting to literally punching Amber Heard's sister in the face. <laughs> or, like, I don't no, know. If, sorry. Was, yeah, yeah, to, like, threatening her. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But she his, punched him no, in the face. <laughs> no, 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 no. He punched, like, his Amber Heard's sister came on the stand and said Johnny Depp punched her in the face. Oh, right. And then yeah. that's yes, when Amber like, stepped in. Yeah, to- yeah, yeah. Right, 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 like, we totally. fully missed that. There's another person, not just Amber Heard, her actual sister, saying he also punched me in the face. I think that, like, yeah, I totally agree. I think that – and there was all those memes of Kate Moss being, like, swear her in as president because she did the thing. And it's so bad because the, the trial has become so memeable and shareable online. And, like, like you said, so much of the important stuff is being missed because these, like, lunatic Johnny Depp fans – and just pulling out these tiny little things that make Amber Heard look like she's lying, which she wasn't even lying there. She just said she'd heard it as a rumor before, and that's what was running through her head when her sister was at the stairs, which is entirely plausible. Mm. But, yeah, the whole thing is just a show. I just think the fact that it's being live televised is so fucked up. And um, after watching all of her, you know, you have all of these friends of hers, like some of whom aren't even her like good friends anymore, aren't even friends with her anymore, who just get up there and very emotionlessly corroborate like everything that she said, but people just don't want to hear it. It's very sad. Yeah. So, yeah. So Amber Heard said, in all of my relationship to date with Johnny, I hadn't landed a blow. And for the first time I hit him, like actually hit him. And then her sister testified later that Depp had hit her and then repeatedly struck Heard. 
And we just like missed that because we're like, oh, Kate Moss looks so cute. I was like, oh, there's yeah. like, another woman saying he also hit her, not just Amber Heard. Um, but yeah, mm. they're thinking that the uh, verdict is going to come out in the next couple of days. And I've seen a couple of pieces just kind of explaining that this whole thing, despite everything we've heard, this whole thing, like who wins or who loses, comes down to one sentence. And it is in that Washington Post article about whether Amber Heard defamed Johnny Depp by writing the piece. And I was just like, it's so impossible yeah. that this that this jury will be... I thought it was going to be a judge only, but now I've seen mm-hmm. the jury deliberating to be to have an unbiased jury in this situation. I know. I really feel like they should find in favor of Amber Heard because I just think what her lawyer said in the closing arguments, you know, she, her lawyers were nowhere near as good as his. And that's again, a money thing. Um, And all he said very effectively in the closing thing was, if you think Amber Heard, if you think Johnny Depp pushed, struck, hit, abused Amber Heard in any way one single time you have to find in her favor because that's what this entire thing is about it's not a degree of how much you think he hurt her if you think she's overplayed how um bad some of the injuries were if you think she's you know secretly filming him was not a nice thing to do if you think the way she spoke to him in some of their fights was inappropriate like none of that stuff is relevant or if you think she hit him too yeah, or you think, yeah, the whole thing is literally a, a thing. Did she lie by saying that this happened? And it's so obvious to me and to you as well, obviously, that she didn't. And the idea that they could come back with a different verdict is insane. But I think his lawyers have really spun it into a question of, like, make a moral judgment vote on whether you're Team Amber or Team Johnny. And people just have this, like, sick <laughs> obsession with him. Mm. Uh, which makes me worried that a jury will pick on his side. Yes. We've all seen the O.J. Simpson Netflix series. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, literally. What do you think will happen to his career? Do you think he'll recover? Well, I don't know. I thought not. I was at a dinner with some friends last week in L.A. and we were talking about this and they were – saying that if he wins it'll be this like johnny depp apology tour where everyone will kind of be like oh i can't believe we you know accused you of all this or you've been through all this and everything would be fine for him again and i was like what that's so fucking crazy because are we just going to forget everything that he said he's done or that she said he he's done or that has been proven all of the fucked up stuff he, mm. he did and his career will go back to normal. And they were just like, I genuinely think, yeah, he'll keep working. Dior still hasn't dropped their contract with him, which is quite wild, I think. Because even if it, mm. even if it's like he gets an innocent verdict with this, the fact that there has been violence, you, you, they drop um, brands like that drop contracts with people for like a punch up on the street. Mm. Any kind of violence. So it's quite interesting. Don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think that the trial has definitely been very cynical about Hollywood and money. The trial's obviously proven that there's a lot of people that support him so that if a movie comes out with him in it, people will flock and buy tickets as a sign of support for him. And if you're just being a totally hideously money-driven person, I think he'll get roles just because of that. But I don't think it will be anywhere near the same as what it was. He was playing you know how he's a musician <laughs> he was playing in london for the past two nights 
I find that a bit distasteful considering the seriousness of what (laughs) is going on. I know. Messy. I think I saw a thing that said they think that he will get roles in like kind of grittier, more adult, grown up kind of not gangster, but like crimey, like things like that, kind of more serious indie adjacent things and that she'll get roles in in kind of woman director indie feministy things because each side will be making a statement about whose side they're on and that that will maybe happen for a few years and then they'll peter out both of them yeah true i was gonna say i didn't think she would probably get work again but that's very true if she does it'll be that yeah sad sad i'm glad for it to be over I'm so sick of hearing about this fucking trial. Wait, did you see that TikTok? It was so funny. It was like, <laughs> it was like, I can't wait for the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial can be over so I can go back to TikTok telling me that I'm like a neurodivergent ADHD lesbian again. <laughs> yeah, yes. Seriously. I know. I was like, maybe that's why we're all off it because we all kind of got on and we're like, why are we being inundated with this weird Johnny Depp stuff? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Okay, on to Alex Cooper slash Call Her Daddy. So the New York Times just did a big interview with her, the podcast host, saying she is going for Joe Rogan's job. I had no idea that Call Her Daddy consistently ranked as Spotify's second most popular podcast in the world behind only the, the Joe Rogan experience. I know, I didn't realize it was that popular, but I've never been... A call her daddy listener, which makes me feel as though I'm not super prepped to speak about her as, I don't know, her or her success in in a way, because I like don't understand her backstory properly or where she came from. And in my mind, when I look at these two people who are both the top podcasts in the world, I'm like, okay, it's just looks like a privileged white, beautiful woman coming for a privileged white man's job, which feels boring to me. But then it is interesting their kind of backstory. I find I find interesting kind of the Sophia Franklin aspect of it because Call Her Daddy was always two friends. It was basically us. Mm-hmm. Two best friends who started a podcast in 2018. Yeah. With markedly yeah. <laughs> a tiny bit more success than us. Yeah, so they and I think the original pod, which I'd never listened to, was them talking about sex and hookup culture, and they were quite explicit. Raunchy, I think. Yeah, no, massively. I remember in 2018 walking to work in Redfern, and someone was, oh, and I either started listening to an episode or someone was texting me saying, "You have to listen to this show," and that's when it was blowing up. So. It jumped from 12,000 downloads to 2 million in just two months. And that was because it was like right, it was right at the start of podcasts, uh, like going crazy. And then they were just, they just realized that women wanted to hear this chat. So it was very clever. Yeah. Very interesting. And they, so the, yeah, Sophia Franklin was her co-host. And then as far as I understand, I think when this was all blowing up, it was all during the chaotic 2020 year. And as we weren't listeners, we didn't really care at the time, but I remember it was everywhere, but 
they had this falling out and it had something to do with Sophia having a boyfriend that people thought was like getting involved or like something and it led to the girls having a falling out and at the time the podcast was distributed by Barstool which was considered this very kind of bro toxic culture misogynistic kind of thing I think all their other podcasts were men only sports podcasts or something like that Mm -hmm. but they allowed Alex Cooper to take the IP of Call Her Daddy and go launch her own thing on her own which I think at the start original listeners found like a betrayal or very controversial. I don't know if she paid her co-host out or how that worked. But then she launched it as a solo show and at first it became like an interview thing. She gets really high profile people. I think I listened to the first one because she got Jamie Lynn Spears maybe or that was the one I kind of started seeing everywhere and then Julia Fox and then – Emma Chamberlain, and then she interviewed Amanda Knox, which is, like, quite iconic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anna Delvey. Oh, yeah, Anna Delvey. And now she's doing I've Seen. I'm not definitely not a loyal listener, but I've listened to maybe – Oh, Courtney Stodden. That was the one I think that I found very interesting. And then now she's doing many episodes throughout the week about attachment styles and relationships and – Am I dating a narcissist? And I think trying to turn it into almost a content feed of just stuff she's interested in rather than weekly interview episodes. Yeah, it's like completely different to the Call Her Daddy when it started, which is kind of probably to do with the fact that Spotify, she can't be as raunchy. And also she does say in this New York Times piece that she wants it to feel different every week and she wants people to kind of feel like they have to tune in each week rather than it being kind of the same content they've heard a billion times before. And it is true. It's like, how much can you talk about? Like, how long could a podcast go? We are just talking about raunchy sex. Um, And she also said in the pandemic, she obviously wasn't having much sex. I do really feel for Sophia in this. I think it's (laughs) quite fucking crazy. Yeah, it's it's quite insane. I can't imagine, like, one of us going off and doing, like, AWD on our own and getting paid this much money. How much did you say she got paid by Spotify? 60 million US dollars for her Spotify deal. That is so insane. Yeah. And I and I did read somewhere, though I haven't pulled this up today, but I did read somewhere that Sophia said she didn't get a cent from that. Um, so they had a big falling out and basically it was kind of one person thinking the other person didn't do as much. And then Sophia said, I... You to me? <laughs> I don't really know. I think it was also Sophia thinking Alex didn't do as much. And now Alex has gone on to like have oh this God, crazy that's career. Very funny. But she said, I don't know how friendship breakup feels. And part of the reason is I realized later that this person was never my friend. I think I was just completely used as a vessel to get famous. She saw me, thought I was funny and thought we had good chemistry. I confused that with a friendship. And it was really just a good business play on her end. Because also what I've read is that... At the time that they launched Call Her Daddy, those two met and then very quickly launched Call Her Daddy. But at the time they launched Call Her Daddy, Alex Cooper had no money and was um, on unemployment and then met Sophia, who was kind of, I don't know. It just, yeah, it's quite crazy. So I really want Sophia on the pod. Imagine if she came on our podcast and talked about it. Obviously, she's been offered by, like, everybody to tell her story. 
that's oh that's i didn't realize there was that much animosity that's really interesting i feel really sorry for her as well because that's really fucked up i do get the sense like and i do like this when women do this so that's putting it in a new light but in the new york times interview they ask about how she was like a very competitive soccer player and she basically says that she doesn't want to talk about it but something inappropriate she got a full scholarship to her college a scock a soccer scholarship scocker a soccer scholarship to her college was a full scholarship and that she dropped out and didn't play at all after the first year because her coach had done something inappropriate and the school kind of just swept under the rug and let her keep her scholarship but not play and that she wanted a place to redirect that hyper competitive energy into and that's when she came up with the concept of call her daddy she was like if we do this i want this to be the biggest best She's obviously highly, highly ambitious, which I appreciate women who are like that, admitting it and talking about it openly, not being afraid to say that. But if her friend feels like she was totally bulldozed in the process, then it feels <laughs> like not something you want to celebrate that much. Especially when you start it together and, and the success of the podcast was based off their chemistry and their chat. I don't know. I'm just like, you. It, yeah. We need to get some lawyers involved with the AWD. You went off and did your own thing separately, you know, and it Yeah. Completely different. Yeah. Like it is completely different now. Call Her Daddy is not like on Spotify, it's completely different to the original podcast. But I wonder how much success Alex Cooper would have had if she had to sever the ties to Call Her Daddy and start her own podcast by herself. She like she obviously would have had heaps of success because they already had such a low listenership. But being able to keep the IP is quite crazy. So interesting. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me that there would be like a woman version of Joe Rogan or someone trying to be in that role. And I would assume if it was anyone, it would be a basic white woman because he's a basic (laughs) white man. So it's like not something, like you said, to get that thrilled about and start jumping up and down with excitement about. Um but it's interesting that her numbers are so big. I find that fascinating. But I guess it's just an easy listen. Like she'll have Stassi Baby on and Stassi Baby will be talking about how she became friends with Kylie Jenner. And if you see it, you're kind of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, exactly. I'll listen to that. Yeah. yeah. That's just easy interviews. It's like that thing but- where once you get so, – like with Elon Musk, like once you get so rich, it's so hard to not stay rich. Like once you're that influential and can get whoever you want on, you almost have to fuck things up to – lose it <laughs> you know like she can get whoever she wants on the podcast so like as long as she just keeps doing well she'll just keep getting bigger she just has to not stumble yeah also what's funny about it is it's like this podcast i mean it did say somewhere that she produces and edits the whole thing herself which i do not believe <laughs> because like editing it yourself now she says she edits the videos herself and it takes her like six or seven hours because she just wants to know how to do it and doesn't want anyone else to do it because she does the video thing with the visuals. That's fucking just crazy. So crazy. But yeah, with these podcasts, it's kind of funny because it's like once you get, as you say, to this level of fame, how much you're actually, I mean, if she does produce it and edit it herself and come up with all the questions herself, then she's an anomaly but as in usually it's like once you get to this point how much is actually you is uh 
I don't know, as in like not skinny but not fat, obviously curated this audience and became really famous. But now that she's interviewing the Kardashians or whoever she's interviewing on her podcast, most of the questions she asks and most most of this conversation is coming from producers and people who have found all this content and people who are like directing her in this way to start these conversations. So it becomes this machine behind you, which I feel like is obvious when you think about it, but you wouldn't think that. You would just think they were a really good interviewer. Mm, She's definitely willing to push people and make people uncomfortable in a way that does feel kind of exciting to listen to. Like with Jamie Lynn Spears, she doesn't just get her on and let her say what she wants. She'll kind of push back and, I don't know, journalistically, but it feels like she's got her bases covered in a way that a lot of famous people who have, like, interview podcasts just want to, like, get on with the person and be friends with them, whereas I think Mm. her, because she's so driven by numbers, she wants to, like, create controversy and create drama and tea and, like, just get – I can't imagine being that driven by just wanting as many people on there as possible that that's the only thing that gets you up, you know? Yeah. Anyway, Sophia, always welcome to come on. Yes, Jaro Sophia. <laughs> Sophia can be the third AWD host. Oh, yeah. If she would like. <laughs> she oh, should start another cute. podcast, seriously. She probably has one that we just don't even know about. be hard, wouldn't it? Because if you started it and it wasn't successful, you'd be like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. I need to have okay, another love you guys. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.